You are listening to week three of The Truth About Christmas by Arise Ministries. I'm your host, Mel Hyatt, and today I am tackling this last week on my own, but we are going to do just fine. The past two weeks, we have walked through this hectic season while learning some truth that changes the way that we face tomorrow. It changes the way we walk into this Christmas season. And we have explored this idea of trusting God to show up when he needs to. We spent time understanding what to do with the good things that he has given us. We even ended last week in the book of Revelation. It has been a wonderful ride. I hope that you've had time to listen to week one and week two. To end this series, I want to bring it home by talking about what all of this has to do with us today. Today. I understand these things will make us better people for tomorrow, but the question I want to explore today is what does it have to do for you and I right now in this moment? Today, when I am scared, today, when I am not sure God is on his way, today, when I don't even know what to think about tomorrow. Let's figure this out together by again, turning to the Christmas story. I want to go back, back in the story, back before Jesus was the lion and the lamb, back before Mary stored up those treasures in her heart, back before there was no room in the inn, to the very beginning of the story. I think this is so important for us to look at these first moments with Mary and understand that the very person that God used to be the mother of his one and only son, had a moment. Actually, she had a few of them. So let's have a little Bible study together. Let's end this Truth About Christmas series starting at the beginning of that Christmas story. Our journey starts in Luke chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 26, and this is titled The birth of Jesus foretold. It says, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And we have For many of us have heard this story, whether it was on Charlie Brown or in songs or read it ourselves. But there's this moment right here in this very next verse where it says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. All he said to her was, greetings, you who are highly favored. I don't know about you, but Sometimes greetings can cause a little fear with me if my son walks in the room and calls me mommy instead of mom. There's a little fear that stirs up, right? You're thinking, what have you done or what do you want? And it's almost as if Mary knew by the tone of this angel's voice of what do you want? Because it says that she was greatly troubled. Something that we have to acknowledge here is that Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, her first response was fear. And this is something that I'm not proud of, but I 
generally, whenever it is about the future, my first response is fear. So I get you, Mary. I'm with you here. That if an angel came down to me, my first response would probably be fear as well. But it's important for us to hear this, that Mary, who changed the course of not just history, but of eternity with her yes, that this story started out with her being greatly troubled, that she was afraid. We continue on. It says, but the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne and his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And this is the next emotion that we see Mary struggle with. And I think that if you're anything like me, you will understand as well. She says, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. So we saw fear and now that fear has turned to insecurity. I don't think that Mary was questioning if God could do this. I don't think she was questioning, is he big enough? Is he good enough? Is he God enough? I think she was questioning, would he want to? Would he want to use her? Would he want to use a virgin? Have you ever questioned if God would use you? I can relate to this as well. That fear turning into insecurity. I became a Christian at age 17. And so I walked into the church feeling like I am definitely not good enough for any of this. And years later, I went through a divorce and felt those same feelings again. And it seems to be this constant struggle that I have always brought to the throne or always brought to church was this idea of, God, are you sure? Are you sure that I'm the one you want to use? Are you sure that I'm good enough? This has never been about who deserves this or Jesus wouldn't have been the one on the cross. We have to remember that. We're all going to have those moments of fear and we're all going to have these moments of insecurity, but we have to remember that, that even if those things are true, even if the things that make us insecure are true, that this has never and will never be about who deserves it. So we can find this hope that again, Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ, was afraid and now insecure. We continue on. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. We see a fearful, insecure Mary have this moment where she said yes. She said yes. She had those feelings. She had the fear. She faced it. She had the insecurities. She overcame it. 
And she stood face to face with this angel, face to face with this idea of her creator. And she said, let's go, God. I am all in. When I read this, I have to ask myself, what does this look like for me today to say yes to God? So for you, what would it look like for you today to say yes to God, even if you're afraid and even if you are insecure? If we continue on, it says Mary visits Elizabeth. And you jump down a little bit. They have this exchange, and Mary is telling Elizabeth what happened. And we get to verse 43, and Elizabeth's response is, But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? But why am I so favored? Here again, we see a woman in Scripture being insecure. It looks like this is the flaw in our species as women, maybe, to just our first reaction to be insecure and to question, are you sure I'm good enough for this? Why am I so favored? What we learn from this story is that we can expect to be afraid. We can expect to be insecure. But then we have to move on and say, yes. Yes, God, I am all in. And that is the beginning of this Christmas story. It started out with fear and insecurity by two incredible women that God was trying to use and did use. He changed the course of history, of destiny, and of our eternity, despite the fact that they were insecure, despite the fear that Mary started with. And all of that leads us to the stories that Tracy took us through. And I want to go back to some of the things that she talked about and some of the questions that she asked And just explore what those questions might mean for us today. If you remember in week one, she began talking about this idea that there was no room in the inn for Mary whenever it was time to give birth, but that years later, God opened up a room for the Last Supper. And that sometimes the answer might be in that very moment that there's no room in the inn. But what do we do? What do we do when there's no room in the inn? How do we wait? How could I possibly wait? What if we waited with grace? You're going to be waiting anyways. If you've prayed for something, you're in need of something, and you feel like there's no room in the end, you're waiting for that opening. And if you're going to be waiting, you might as well make the most of your waiting. Get stronger. Get better in your waiting. Lean in. What do you have to lose? For me, I have always needed incredible people to wait with me. If I was going to get better and I was going to get through this stronger, I needed people to link arms with me. And you need community. If you're going to be waiting for that room in the end to open up, this is where places like your local church and Arise come in. Don't wait alone. Know that God is coming and he's going to open up that space at the perfect time. But I understand that in that waiting, it's difficult and dark and that you can begin to doubt in yourself or in God. Make sure that you have people next to you. Make sure you're leaning in with patience and grace that you're giving yourself grace 
God, Grace, and all of those people around you knowing that the promises of this story will tell you that eventually, at the most perfect time, there will be just enough room in the end for you. That's what we do. We wait with grace. The next thing we talked about in week two was the fact that Mary treasured up these gifts in her heart and she pondered them. My first response always wants to be negative. It was this idea that God gave her these gifts that were blessings that maybe didn't even look like blessings. And maybe they were good things. And we talked through that. See, I have to make myself sit down and write out good things in my life and make myself acknowledge that they exist. Otherwise, I can get in this pit, especially in the waiting, that this is all going wrong and I have nothing to be thankful for. Maybe this is something fun that you could do with your kids at dinner. You could sit down and say, what are we thankful for today? What are good things we recognize in our lives? Kids will surprise you. They are really good at this. And we must be good at this too. In our waiting, we must find things to treasure up, to remind ourselves that we are worthy of these good gifts from God and that he has given us them. So for me, that looks like me actually writing things down. Then we went on and we explored this incredible book of the book of Revelation, which was a little shocking as we were talking about Christmas. And we found this moment where they were expecting a lion and a slain lamb showed up. And it presented this question of what are we expecting and what will we do when what we expect looks different? This is one of those hard truths, isn't it? It's a hard truth. What are you going to do in this moment? Who will you become in this moment? I remember this time while I was a new single mom. I was at church, and I was in the middle of a divorce, and I just kept trying to pay attention to the sermon. I really did. I'm sure that it was so good. But I just kept thinking about my situation. And I remember finally I closed my eyes, and I prayed, God, just make this go away. I can't do this anymore. Can you just fix this? Can you fix my marriage? Can you fix me? Can you fix him? It's time. And as soon as I got those thoughts out of my head, I remember the Lord saying to me, forgive. It's time. Now I need to be honest. In that moment, I wanted the lion to rip through my situation and fix things and make things go away. But instead, the lamb showed up and whispered, forgive. That's not what I wanted to hear. For the next two weeks when I walked into church, I remembered that I couldn't get it off my mind. I hadn't done anything with it, but it kept coming back to me. Forgive, it's time. The third week, I walked out in the middle of the sermon, and I just had this moment with the Lord where I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to actively find forgiveness. And that started my journey, my journey of forgiveness. My marriage wasn't magically saved, but my heart and my mind were. It wasn't what I wanted, but it was exactly what I needed. 
It was hard and messy and inconvenient. But years later, I can say to you that it was time to forgive and I am free because of that moment. Now that I look back, 11 years later, I can see how God was being good at his job. He was, save, he was saving me. He was protecting me. He was being the lamb, but I thought I needed the lion. I am so thankful that he doesn't change his mind because of what I am asking for in the middle of my moments. What would the lamb showing up for you right now look like? And how would you respond? It's a lot to think about, but you are worth it. Your kids are worth it. God is writing a story that you are a part of. You can be scared. You can be insecure, but eventually you have to find yourself being the woman that says yes to God. Even if the the lamb shows up when you thought you needed a lion, even when you can't find treasures to store up in your heart and when there's no room in the end, find yourself saying yes to the lion and the lamb. It will be hard. It will be inconvenient. But you will find freedom. And we all want to be free. We hope that you have explored through the Christmas story with us these past three weeks. We hope that you have found a truth that brings some solid ground for you and your emotions and your heart and your mind and your spirit. It is our prayer here at Arise that you get through the Christmas season healthy and hopeful. So we are honored to share this truth with you for the past three weeks. We can't wait to start 2021 with you, bringing you more truth and more hope. So continue listening to our podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify or our iHeartRadio. We will be right there with you, bringing truth and hope. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.